Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider, where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema, of Cinema Super Collider, we are going to be discussing the 2020 movie Fried Berry, a South African black comedy science fiction horror film. Yeah, it's it's a little hard to nail down a genre for it, I would say, just because it's it's such an experimental endeavor. It's an art house film. Oh, definitely. Much more so than anything else. It's competently made, and it looks pretty cool, mm-hmm. and... It has some interesting elements in it, but it's not a regular movie. It, I guess it does tell a story. Well, you know, I mean, but the, it's it's you don't really it doesn't tell it in a conventional way, right? Just say that most most movies follow one of two basic premises: the day in the life of the characters, or the day that everything hit the fan, like when the shit hits the fan. And I think actually we see both of those things on display in this because we start with the day in the life of. Barry, then the shit hits the fan, and then we kind of have a day in the life of alien Barry after the fact. Yeah, it's an alien abduction movie in a way. Which was completely unclear to me when I was watching the film. Yeah, this is a movie that it started out as I think like a five minute short. Uh, Ryan Kruger had made this short film, this short art film. Ryan Kruger is an interesting guy in his own right, but he made this short film about a junkie wandering the streets of South Africa. And it was played by this non-actor named Gary Green, who has a very, very unique look. And he put it in a whole bunch of different film festivals. 57. 57 different films. You know what? I should have remembered that because uh, 57 is like Heinz 57. Sure. And it was Super Bowl 57. So, I mean, just recently. Yes. These are reasons that you should have remembered it, Eric, of course. This this whole podcast is all about how to get into Eric's brain space. I suppose. I'm helping our fans to to think about how I think. Okay. Yeah. So, he entered it in 57 different uh, film festivals and whatnot, and it won a lot of prizes. And apparently, somewhere along the way, someone said, well, you should make this into a feature. Well, I think... think the specific thing was, it would be interesting to see what this would be like as a feature. And he took it upon himself to then make it into a feature. Yeah, and he made this feature about this uh, heroin addict uh, who gets abducted by aliens and then wanders around Cape Town, South Africa for a while and didn't bother to write a script, just came up with a bunch of different various scenes and did improv in a sequence of scenes that he had come up with and made this movie, edited it together, and it ended up winning some awards and confusing many people, and it wound up sort of exclusively in the U.S. on the Shutter streaming service. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where we saw it. Right, right. And I would say this: it's the the director 
uh, Ryan Kruger used the materials that he had available to him to the best possible, like, sense of the word. Because he had a, an actor who was in short, who, like Eric said, has a very distinct look. He was mostly doing background work and doing, like, non-speaking parts in horror movies because his face is interesting. He looks like a lich. Yeah, he he kind of looks like a living Barry the lich, a living skeleton a bit, yeah. Uh, and he's a big dude, and he's got really big like I think I think his eyes are blue actually. Yeah, he's got blue. He's eyes. He's got like big blue giant blue eyes, so he kind of looks like a gremlin too a little bit. Yeah, his teeth are all weird. He's got crooked. real jacked up teeth. Yeah, yeah, he looks like some sort of like squeaky grave like. Like, uh, he looks like a dude you put in a horror movie. Yeah. But he's not he's an actor. He's a crypt keeper. He's not an actor. So you can't really give a guy like that a bunch of lines to memorize and have this like really, you know, like in-depth character with like all these motivations. But what you can do with a guy like that is put him in a bunch of scenes and be like, okay, Gary, today you're going to be at a rave. So maybe you could do some dancing. Right. And and then we'll shoot it from a bunch of different angles and, and we'll edit and we'll, it all together. We'll figure out how to we'll stitch this movie together. M- some music on it and we'll make it look cool. Now, the uh, the Ryan Kruger had a history of directing music videos, mostly in South Africa. For and mostly South for bands. metal bands. Mostly for metal bands. Actually, he did one with the, like the Juliet Lewis band and he did uh, one with... The, there were uh, several, uh, uh, if I looked it up, there were several different bands that... Uh, he had uh, done music videos for. So his background is in doing quick cuts and having lots of really colorful uh, images on screen to grab your attention. He's much more of a style over substance kind of guy. One of the most interesting things about this movie is that as I was watching it, it reminded me of so many different things. One of the things it reminded me of was Nicholas Winding Refn and his movies like... uh, the Neon Demon, where everything was like very stylized and colorful and lit by these kind of extreme colored lights. And the overall effect is kind of disorienting and jarring. And even though there's not a lot of dialogue there to convey the story, the images themselves are enough to kind of keep you glued in mm-hmm. to what you're watching. Right. So what exactly happens in Friedberry? Well, it's a sequence of things. First of all, Barry, we'll just call him Barry because he's, I guess the only moment he's not fried is at the very beginning of the movie when he comes in to see his family and his wife starts yelling at him and his kid is kind of weird and he walks out, leaving his wife and his kid behind. Then he goes to a bar, meets a friend and shoots up some heroin at his friend's house. And then shit, that's when the shit hits the fan. Right. Right. And, and for me, this is what was confusing is like he goes with his friend and they do drugs. They shoot up heroin. And what what follows that is a sequence of images that I took as him being high, like in him having this trip. But I guess I just wasn't being literal enough in my viewing of it because this is when he gets abducted by an alien. And I was I I was very confused until Eric's like, no, 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 he got abducted by an alien. And I was like, oh, okay. One of the very, very rare occasions when you didn't get what was going on. I had on. no and idea. I explained to you, this is a standard thing usually when we watch movies, but it goes the other way around. Right. So You'll he, turn to me and go like, Eric, 
didn't you get it? It was like, is oh, it like, the thing? Uh, and the, the, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, no. no. Yeah, I now no, I get it now. I had no fucking idea that that's what happened. Well, he's he's coming home from the like the house where they shot up, and he's walking down the street, and this light comes down from the sky, and he kind of floats up out of his shoes, right? Yeah. Up into the sky, and then you see his penis getting probed, which was uh, you. You do see a, just a fully erect penis. Right. That's and, a choice. Yes. And he's also <laughs> getting anal probed and he's also getting, you know, uh, examined. Ins- insert your favorite hentai here. Insert. Yes. Insert is very true. And then he is dumped back on the planet Earth, possessed by uh, uh, or a is a now a physical shell for one of the aliens who wants to come down and see what Cape Town, South Africa in 2020 is like. Sure. And he picked a very, very strange avatar to use to examine the world. Or they. I don't want to be sexist about the aliens. It could have been a female <laughs> alien. I mean, well, I mean, the whole thing is that because Barry's constantly high, the alien doesn't understand that that's not what life is like. Yeah, it's a strange twist on the unreliable narrator. Exactly. Sort of thing. It's like one of the characters in the movie is experiencing the movie through an unreliable narrator, and then we're, we're experiencing the whole thing from the outside. Through an additionally <laughs> unreliable narrator. Right. Yeah, and he just wanders around Cape Town then, the shitty parts of Cape Town, for the rest of the movie, for the most part. It doesn't really make South Africa or Cape Town look very desirable as no, a place to go. it certainly does it not. It is like the seamiest, seediest back alleys of, it's like, yeah, of it was, this it's particular like city. Back alleys and like like highway underpasses, um, burned out sort of dumps. Uh, criminals and kidnappers and crack smokers and heroin shooters and pimps and prostitutes. Lots of pimps and prostitutes. All this kind of crazy stuff. Oh, and one of the really interesting things when he comes back is that he has some sort of like magic alien penis. We, you know, and and I think that is, that is kind of revealed to us gradually. Yes. Um, But his, his magic alien penis has special powers and, uh, you know, he, he utilizes those. I think what happens at first when he comes back is he goes to a rave. Yes. And uh, uh, he's kind of already high and he walks into a rave and he eats a whole bag of ecstasy. Or yes. mollies or whatever the hell. Yeah. And just starts dancing like crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an interesting scene. Yes, because it's this very strange looking man surrounded by young, fairly attractive people and lights and they shoot him from all kinds of crazy angles. Yeah, and everybody's going, hey, handsome, where have you been? And, <laughs> and we're all, and we're all like, going, what? <laughs> this, nobody would call this dude handsome. No. Uh, no no, maybe, no maybe, offense. Well, I don't know. Maybe his wife, maybe his mother thinks Look, he's handsome. I don't no know offense to Gary Green, but like you are making money off of that face for a reason. I, I used to know an improviser that had a character face, as I like to refer to it as. Uh, his name was Hans. And... He got all kinds of like photo work and ads because he was so interesting looking, uh, not handsome. He was a very ugly man. And, uh, you know, if you've look, people, if you're out there and you have an unconventionally ugly face, get yourself in front of a camera because you, you can make money off of that. 
maybe people don't want to look at you like you know a Ford you can, model. You can even be a leading man in a movie. It's apparently. true. You don't even need the magic know, dick. You don't even need to know how to act. They won't even give you any lines. You can just show up and mug. Yeah, just look a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's That's better. All than, you... It's way better than looking handsome. There's a million guys that look super handsome. It's like I I remember uh, we were watching Doctor Who. Um, Oh, one yeah, time, yeah, yeah, the the, the, the guy with episode, the mole, the guy with the mole, yeah. right? There's there's an actor, a British actor, whose name I don't remember, but uh, he was, I think, one of the the repeating guys on Doctor Who is like the bad guy, yeah. and he had a very pronounced, very ugly mole on his nose, I think, or his chin. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like a neck and the fold of his nose. Yeah, and people are like, "Well, you could get that removed," and he's like, "No." He's like, do you know? Do you know how hard this mole works for me? This mole, this mole is my meal ticket. This is the whole this reason is, I get cast. Yeah, because I've got this face that's got this mole on it, and I look, you know, distinctive. He has like he had a, like also a big nose, and he's, sure. you know, he's like all these other kinds of like facial. He looks like features. a caricature. Yeah, and this guy is is an extremely odd looking dude, and so he, he goes to this, the rave itself. As when I think of a rave, I think of like a giant warehouse, and this is more like a dingy, dirty bar. Look, and sometimes- there's maybe like maybe like. 20 people in there total well, they bring up later on in the evening that it's thursday night not friday night so this is the thursday night rave if you want yeah. if you want a warehouse rave you gotta wait till friday yeah thursday night in cape town the people that are at raves are not the most like healthy people to be hanging around no 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 people who are doing mouthfuls of molly on a thursday night in cape town are uh, you're not to say anything negative about specifically negative about cape town but any large city this, where you want to go in the world on a Thursday night and people are downing handfuls of mollies, don't just you it's, probably it's, don't look. Need it's to be the there. back room of the Burlington, you know. It's it's oh not. Oh my god! Don't talk about the Burlington. I'm having flashbacks now. <laughs> ah! um, the Burlington is a bar that one of Eric's bands used to regularly play, and it was essentially just a giant cement box. With no ventilation. Oh, my God. And, and un- unfortunately, not a lot of people. $2 PBRs, though, which is pretty decent. Yeah. You know? I spent a lot of those gigs in the front room, not listening to the other oh bands. God. Oh, my God. That room was so loud, too. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, yeah, it was very much like the Burlington. Yes. Exactly. If you had a rave in the back of the Burlington. And some random chick picks him up. And is like, come on, let's go fuck at my place. It's around the corner. And he, I mean... It, he doesn't know what that means. Yeah. yeah so no. So he go, she brings him home and like fucks him and like is like, wow, that was really good. You're a good lay. Get out. <laughs> and so he's he doesn't say anything. He doesn't speak hardly any words in this whole thing. The only time that he speaks is when he is mimicking another person. Like there been there were a couple of times in this where somebody talks to him and he parrots back part of what they've said to him like at the rave there's this young guy who's clearly very high who's like what kind of music do you like dude do you like the oldies or the newies newbies or something Mm -hmm. like that and so he he says oldies yeah and the guy's like oh yeah yeah no totally 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 love the oldies yeah the oldies are great right yeah great 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 but that's like the only thing that he says for that whole scene then he says newies yeah that's oh yeah man i like the newies too yeah and and that's he's he's reminds me a little bit of Chance from uh the the gardener from uh being here being there being there yeah yeah it also uh I read that the uh, director uh 
Ryan Kruger has like uh, he put references to a lot of his favorite movies in there, and one of the ones he's mentioned is Starman mm-hmm. with Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I remember and that, that one. It was basically a lot like this. Starman came down and interacted with people only by repeating certain phrases that he had heard, and mm-hmm. his vocabulary grew fairly slowly. Uh, but he, you know, learned a few words at a time, and that's kind of all you see from this dude. Yeah, the the movie that this reminded me the most of was uh, Brother from Another Planet. Yeah, it's a lot like Brother, it's, Brother it's from Another Planet. very much like that, except Brother from Another Planet had more, I think, of a political and social message to it than right. this obviously does. Um, however, Eric spent a lot of the movie like thinking like, oh, yeah, no, it's very much like this. It's like Repo Man. It's like this. It's like that. Yeah, it has a little Repo Man. It does. It and a there's a little bit, David Lynch in there. Little, oh, definitely David Lynch. There's maybe even a little of E.T. in there. I don't know. Oh, there's a lot of E.T. in yeah, there, I think. Uh, there's, there's just a lot of kind of everything. But it's not it's not really uh, lampshaded or, or like pointed out in a way. It's just kind of like the way the movie is made. It doesn't really feel like a pastiche or a uh, send-up or burlesquing of any of these different styles. No, I think it's, it's just sort of like incorporated. It's like somebody made a big Katamari ball of all these yes. different movies and just rolled it all up. Well, I think, you know? I think the thing was is that I think that this director had a really solid five-minute movie idea, and then somebody was like, you should make a two-hour movie out of this five-minute idea. Well, we'll string together a bunch of five-minute segments. Exactly. Well, I, I, I think that I think because of what he's known for, he's known for doing music videos. So music videos about five minutes long, right? Yeah. So it's like Alien Adventures in Human Land. Yeah. Like the... the the sequence of stories. Right. And the first thing he does is go to a rave. The second thing he does is get laid. Then the next thing he does is he goes to a bar and like kills a man in the in the back room of the bar with his penis in the in the washroom, right? He goes in there to take a leak and then some other guy goes, Hey, come in here to the come in here to the stall with me. I thought he threw up on the guy. No, he killed the guy with his penis. It was blood spattered all over the oh, walls. I thought it was vomit. No. See, this is yet another moment that he I... He has a magic penis. No, I understand he yeah. has a magic penis, but I also he, he was also drunk and had ingested a shit ton of, of drugs, so... Oh, yeah, I guess it... Yeah, no, I took I, it as, I thought the screaming was not that the guy was, like, dead. I thought the screaming was, like, he had gotten just vomited all over. Ah, uh, well, I, I, I... You know, I could be wrong. There's, there's I, no, so many I, ways you can I probably am wrong. <laughs> I didn't even understand he had been indu- abducted by aliens at the point that he was abducted by aliens. So my, I'm, look guys, I am not the target audience for this film. I had a very, uh, I, I, I give credit to the director for turning out something that is so stylized and is so polished, I guess, in a way, but I didn't like it. And even giving it a lot of thought, like we, we watched this yesterday, I gave it thought overnight and this morning before we recorded the episode, I still don't like this movie. And I guess maybe I didn't understand it. I don't know. Yeah, I liked it a little bit. I like. I think both of us agreed that we wouldn't recommend this movie. Oh, fuck no. Uh, except to people who like really unusual movies. If you yes. like crazy out there art house movies and don't mind a little bit of gore and, and weirdness, sadism and stuff in your movie, uh, it's it's perfectly fine. It's not quite 
you know, it's not as, as artful as a David Lynch movie, but no. it has the same sort of feeling like a Jodorowsky movie or a Lynch movie or something where kind of nothing really makes sense. It's kind of abstract and you sort of kind of just like let it flow over you. It is, but even like I gen- like generally when I watch a David Lynch movie, I may not necessarily like everything that's in the Lynch movie, but I don't actively hate it. <laughs> I, yeah. I very much dislike how women are used in this movie because uh-huh. they're all just, they're basically all just fuck toys. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And I, I, I disapprove and, and dislike that yeah. fact. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not unwilling fuck toys, I don't believe. No, but I, it's like, okay, so the next thing that happens to him is he hooks up with a prostitute and uh, gets her pregnant and she has a baby within like a minute of her pregnancy coming to pass yeah this reminds me of extra the movie extra Ugh, it, it was it was just except she gave birth to a full-grown man in the in extra which is even extra yeah it it was just i just i just really disliked the entire that entire section was it just like nauseating for you to watch or was it just how did, how did it make you feel i think that i think the thing that turned me off the most was it's like this it was an unwanted pregnancy that we had to watch the entirety of and then this woman essentially being ripped apart by a baby she didn't expect to have yeah well she and the baby are okay though are they okay well yeah, well, I would say no. I would say that I would say the baby reminds me of the baby. Oh my god! No, except <laughs> really? it, can, it can talk and like and walk and not. Yeah, but I mean, it's still a a baby giant man. Well, we'll get to that. We'll point. get to that. But I I I just it just the the woman part of me disliked it just so much. Okay, I found it really distasteful and off putting. I think it's a. Uh, uh, Supposed to be distasteful and off-putting, but I didn't have the same negative visceral reaction to it because I don't have that viscera specifically. Mm-hmm. So. So then he, the pimp, her pimp gets rid of him and it, it is left with a confusing mess. And then I think he goes back home. He right? does. He goes home. He goes home. Well, no, I. Doesn't, doesn't he like kind of like, he wanders around a little bit and then he. His wife picks him up. Does his wife pick him up and then take him home? Yeah, I think so. And then he goes home, and then he actually is kind of nice to his kid because he hears something on the radio or something saying, like, oh, you're a good boy or well, something. Right before, I think, the wife picks him up, he's, he wanders into a park and sees an actual healthy couple with a oh, baby. Oh, that's right, yeah. And they're feeding the baby baby food, and they're very loving to one another. You know, like the husband kisses the wife on her cheek, and, you know, it's just, a, it's an actual... Right. And so the alien's watching this going like, oh, this is how humans behave. This is what I need to do in order to fit in down here. Right. right. And the wife pulls up in a car and drags him in and takes him home. Yeah. And his wife is kind of horrible, and their home is kind of horrible. And their kid is just sort of like a victim of circumstance, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing I will say that I did appreciate and enjoy about this film and and other foreign films is that they lean into the culture that they're displaying, right? The woman is speaking Afrikaans, and you get the idea that like this is kind of like a cultural thing. African English, probably. Anglicans. Well, no, because she's like going back and forth. Well, she goes back and forth, but I mean, I mean, I think a lot of. A lot of... It's like people who speak Spanglish. In, I, in well, I was US just about to say, like, here in the U.S., like, people who speak Spanish that way, too. It's like, you know, I mean, my old boss is, is a Spanish speaker, and, mm-hmm. like, 
almost all the time that he was on the phone with his wife, like half of it was in Spanish and half of it was in English. I have no idea what part went where, but mm-hmm. it's just how they spoke to one another. And even though the family was sort of like hugely dysfunctional sure. and, and and disgusting, they were portrayed sympathetically, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, and, and uh, he, he ends up fucking his wife and she's like, wow, you've got a magic penis now, dude. Yes. Okay. I'm, I, I kind of like this. But we do see her grab a condom out of her purse. Right. Uh, basically a throwaway line to the small child is like, you're not getting a brother. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. And it's like, oh, yeah. again, like, oh, gross. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, uh, oh, well, you know, that's just the thing. When uh, the the first lady picks him up at the rave, she pulls a condom out of her bra. No, that's right. Yeah. She doesn't get pregnant. She just fucks him, and it's like, oh, you, you know, you've got a magic penis. Then the prostitute, I guess, they're they're barebacking it or raw dogging it or whatever the fuck you call that. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, his his alien his alien sperm gets in there and causes this rapid pregnancy. And yeah. then with his wife, there's using a condom again. We only see the dick for one picture in the, in, you know, like a second in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, you know, and there's, it's not a whole lot of nudity in this movie, but it's uh, used No, it's to, just, it's just. It's used to great disturbing I effect. just, yeah, I just found, I, I don't know. And I'm not like, a, I'm not a prude. I just found it really just a lot of the sexual stuff off-putting. Yeah. Now, now he ends up leaving again, right? He goes. Well, what happens next? So I think that's when he has like the fever. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You're right. So at some point, I guess maybe the alien in Barry's body just starts to like, maybe it's that the <laughs> the heroin and the molly are wearing off. Yeah, he's got chills and a fever. She's like, oh, you're burning up. We got to take you to the hospital. And they get about halfway there. And then he just runs out of the car. That Just jumps that, out. Just right? jumps out half naked and then passes out under an overpass. In like a deserted lot. Right. And then there's like, yeah, he's like there in his underpants. And then there's like these two crack smokers find him and, and drag make, him and somewhere. Give and him crack up. to smoke. Yeah, they wake him up the next day and they're like, hey, mate, you can't sleep in your naked, in, in your underwear. They're going to pick you up. I'm going to take you to the police station. That's an excellent Australian accent. No, it's a South African accent. Oh, that's your, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm going for a little bit like New Zealand slash... English. That's what I'm. 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 I'm going for New Zealand. You're doing Taiko Watiti. You know, <laughs> look, I'm not that great at doing accents. I attempt to perform them because I am a natural born entertainer. And this look, is sweetie, all of my thoughts. accents end up either eventually turning into a Swedish accent or a Minnesota accent. So I was going to say that it's like a generic Eastern European and phony, phony baloney accent. Well, that's only when I'm mimicking my uh, my co-producer, uh, Miss Pixie. Or we're doing the voice for our cat. Yes, one yeah. of our cats has a very pronounced Eastern European accent. Anyway, back he, to the story. <laughs> he, he's from the eastern lands of Kankakee, Illinois. Yeah, and... and um, he, uh, uh, there was another part where there was a guy who was having a heart attack and he reaches out and like stops the guy's heart attack. He can cure people. Oh, maybe that's when she picks him up the first time. Yeah. Because the wife comes along and like drags him Oh, right, him right, right. And the guy's like banging on the window and she's like, go away, go away. And he's like, how can I repay you? How can I repay you? Yes. And then she takes him home. And then after smoking crack, there's a dude who's like stabbed and he doesn't heal that dude. He just puts the earphones on him. Right. And now, then walks away. One thing that we, we haven't really talked about is that all of the music in this movie was done by a South African 
DJ named Heezer, I believe. Yeah. It's either Hazer or Heezer. Yeah. H-A-E-Z-E-R. Yeah. And it's all really, I think the music is actually really a compelling part of the movie. I, I give them credit for the soundtrack because I think it really meshes well with the the sort of underbelly of Cape Town feel that we have in a lot of the visuals, but also just like the drug-induced action. Right. There's a lot of just like pounding music. Right. and Yeah, but it's not like crank. It's not no, like no, overpowering, no. like beating you over the head or run, Lola, run or something like no, that. No, not like, not like that. It's... But it is, it's very... It's uh, like rave music, basically. A lot of it is like rave music, and a lot of it is just sort of atmospheric, maybe John Carpenter-ish sort of like synthesizer right. track stuff that, that really accompanies this well. And it would be, after watching the movie, it's really hard to imagine what you could do otherwise soundtrack for this that yeah. wouldn't totally screw it up. Uh, the, the soundtrack adds a lot mm-hmm. to the experience of this movie. Without it, it would be... Uh, it would it would uh, it would be a hard watch it would be hard watch i was going to say it would it would be on the edge of being unwatchable if it didn't have like the music something yeah kind of like glue it together it's mm-hmm. like uh, it's like if you just put a big pile of rocks together and like there was no cement to hold them together into a wall you know and you just sort of like pile them on top one of the music is like the cement that kind of holds this whole thing together sure yeah well so okay, so now we're 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 going through his adventures, and then he next next he runs into a group of thugs who beat him mm-hmm. and steal they, they steal something from him. No, I think they just kick him. They just kick him. The one guy's like, "Hey, what are you doing in this part of town? Give me a cigarette." And uh, Barry's like, "Well, he can't talk." Yeah, yeah. So he's like this, and then they like kick his ass, and then the next thing you know, he wakes up tied to a wheelchair with <laughs> in a room with a child. Yes. Like a teenage child. Like a teenage child. Like a 13-year-old. It's like a dirty warehouse, and he's behind chain-link fence, and he's tied to a wheelchair, right? Yes. And then we meet the, the... the the evil character what is it, daddy just i daddy. think he just calls himself daddy yeah, yeah. and yeah. basically he's just the just the grossest pedophile character you could think of he's got like a dusk mask hanging from his neck and uh he's obviously kidnapped the girl that's chained up in the the chain link fence area with barry but yeah. he's recognized that there's something about barry that's different because his injuries from getting jumped by the three thugs, have all but healed. Yeah, and so he's right like, overnight, yeah. he's like, oh, well, there's something different about you. There's something special. And so he proceeds to experiment on Barry. Yeah, he pulls one of his teeth out with the pliers. Right. Just kind of gross. Yeah. Uh, as all dentistry in movies is almost always gross. You know, uh, not a not a like a heartwarming moment, but easier for me to watch than than a lot of the sexual situations they put Barry in. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh anyway, he he and the girl escape. They find a bunch of other kids who are also chained up in an area down there. He's been abducting kids from South Africa for a while. We see that in a news broadcast very briefly when we're in the bar or something. Yeah, it's like when he's flipping Chekhov's, channels at it's, home. It's, it's he can flip channels when he's blinking his eyes, he can flip channels on TV. Yeah, that to yeah. me feels like a callback from an 80s movie as yeah. well. And also seems like Starman or something. Yeah, something like that. Like that. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, you saw that, and then he then releases, he has a chainsaw fight with. There's a chainsaw. Fight, there's right. a chainsaw fight with Daddy, right? Uh, which is very much Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? And yes, very much Chainsaw Massacre. And then the end of that, uh, Barry kills Daddy with the chainsaw, and it's very much like an Evil Dead Two moment when there's grimacing faces being spurted with blood mm-hmm. off of a chainsaw, like when Ash cuts his hands off and or his hand off and. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil whatever Dead that is, yeah. Evil Dead Two, yeah, yeah, and uh, so there's there's that. So you know that's kind of an interesting uh, part of it. But uh, he collapses out on the street, and the cops arrest him because they think that he was the one who had kidnapped all the children. Right, right. So so now we go to like if this is if all of this stuff is like the second act of the movie, this is like the last. This is the third act, basically. Yeah, I guess this is the beginning of the third act of the movie. If you, if you, yeah, I don't know if you can really put this in a three act structure, but if you just the end, the end part, you have the intro part where intro he's, part, you know, middle and then part, you get all part. of his adventures, mm-hmm. Barry's adventures as a human, or alien Barry, Barry alien's adventures as a human, sure. And then now he gets taken to the police station, and he's a John Doe because he they can't know his name. He doesn't know his name. Yeah, they don't have any. He doesn't have any ID. He doesn't have a name. He's wearing like a Canadian tuxedo and he's covered with blood. And he's just a weird fucking dude. And uh, they hose him down. And they're like, well, we can't really arrest him because he can't talk. So he's probably just crazy. So let's take him to the medical professionals in the loony bin. Yeah, we'll take him to the 12 Monkeys uh, Mental (laughs) Institution. 12 Monkeys Mental Institution. Yeah. Where they, they provide him just the best care ever. Yeah, he meets up with like the Brad Pitt guy from the Twelve Monkeys uh, Institution there, who tells him a whole kind of lot of bullshit about all kinds of crazy stuff. Yes, and uh, ends up break. You they know, break out. They break out. Well, he they break him out of the hospital. Well, they they all they, they steal a nightstick. They, tr- they and try. It's a, it's a gun. It's it's very it's a very. I thought that this was probably the most interesting sequence in the movie of of uh, them getting out of the of them getting out of that because it was kind of like this weird almost like hallucinogenic like maze type hallway in the hospital it reminded me around. of um fear and loathing in las vegas yeah it was and, a lot like that and then this the subsequent sequence that follows is he gets broken out of the hospital and the guy who was the you know the one instrumental in breaking him out who's apparently a time traveler uh was like, hey, you go tell Lawrence in the car that Ronald's not going to make it this time. And that's one of the few parts of the movie where Barry actually says something because he gets out to the car where this guy named Lawrence is waiting, who's going to, you know, he's the getaway driver. And he's like, Lawrence's face is melting and looking all, you know, like. Well, not quite, because he hasn't been, he hasn't been shot up with more drugs yet. Oh, right. So <laughs> Lawrence is driving and he has a syringe full of drugs. He's got just a big turkey baster syringe full of drugs. And so he gets in the car with this dude. The guy's like, oh, you don't talk much. They, we, they got you on all those drugs from the from the hospital. They, yeah, I don't I don't blame you. But uh, I got this for you. This will help. <laughs> so he shoots him up with a legitimate. Stabs him in the neck with something. Some huge, gigantic hypodermic needle full of things. Uppers, I guess. I, I don't know. know. Yeah. And it certainly then, makes him crazy because wh- he jumps out of the car, right? Or- well, no. First, they drive through hell, basically. <laughs> this is the part that reminds me of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas the most. It's that they're in this like classic car, and the two of them are driving along, and the landscape goes from being, you know, Cape Town to being flames and you know stars and you know it's 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 all the screensavers yeah. on your computer yeah okay so yeah maybe that was like acid in that syringe or something Pro- like something that. liquid lsd yeah 
uh, uh, I mean, eventually he winds up wandering around and he, his wife is out looking for him, like kicking people's ass out on the street, like yelling at him. What do you mean you haven't seen him? I, you know, he's been around here. Look at the picture, damn it. And he's trying to like get back to his wife at this point because right. he's like, he, he's completely discombobulated, the, the alien creature. But instead he runs into the prostitute that he got pregnant who had a baby within the course of a minute. Yeah. And yeah. and her pimp is actually roughing her up and he hits the pimp on the head with a, like a lead pipe or something. Yeah, some sort of pipe, yeah. knocking him out and she's like, "Okay, well you need to come with me." Right. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, okay. I mean, that's all I've been doing throughout this movie is people have been taking me places, so sure." Yeah. And uh And that's uh, when we know, meet Gene. Oh, Gene, that's his son. Yes. Yes. Uh Gene is also played by Gary Green. Right. Um the son not only was came to uh, you know full term pregnancy in five minutes, he's grown over the course of a day into a full grown man. Yes, with the brain of a two year old child and like a little top knot on top of his head. With yes, little I, and I, band. I do give Gary Green credit for being a two or three year old child. Yeah, because like the guy in Baby. Yeah, well, except he can speak. Yeah, he can. Yeah, like rudimentary speech, but yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's it's like... That's what you have when you have an actor who can't read lines. Have him play a two-year-old, bait, a, an adult version of a two-year-old so that you can just sort of babble and sound goofy. And yeah. And you say say words and it doesn't have to sound like right. Yeah. The, there's actually, there's a play that I worked on when I was in college. Uh, Carol Churchill uh, has a play called Cloud Nine. In the first act, everybody is gender bent, like playing opposite genders for the roles that they're supposed to be. And it's a farce. That takes place in colonial Africa. And then in the second act, everyone is played by the, the gender that they're supposed to be, with the exception of the small girl child who is played by the largest man in the cast. But they're dressed in like a dress and they're, they act like they're supposed to be like, I think, a four or five year old kid. It reminded me of that. Yeah. Well, that's really, that's interesting. Yeah. That would be an interesting show to see. That's like a Brechtian kind of thing. That's like very... That's uh, more modern than Brecht, but yeah. yeah it, it's, it's got that sort of like, you know, like we're, we've got a, we've got some, we're trying to teach you some sort of issue here and we're not trying to suspend disbelief. No. This is, you're not supposed to suspend your disbelief. And I, 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 there's a little bit about this flick that's, that's like that too, where it's, by the time you're going through all these hallucinatory experiences and stuff, you're not, if you hadn't already found out that he had been possessed by an alien you would have figured it out by this point. by this point yes and your suspension of disbelief is kind of turned sort of 90 degrees sideways where it's like well of course i will suspend my disbelief because this is not a believable story of course but it's like you don't i mean you you also suspend you you, you say like well but i'm not gonna I'm, you know, I'm not going to really bother with that as a as a problem anymore. I know I'm on, you know, in some sort of psychedelic wild ride. And, and so, like, nothing really matters until he starts having another seizure. Like, every time he's with a woman who's nice to him, he starts either having a fever his, or start having a seizure or something. His his health declines dramatically. Yeah. As soon as somebody's nice to him, he's, like, he's in terrible shape. And they bring him to the hospital and he dies, right? Right. Or, like, she, she takes him to, like, and his wife, like, what happens? No, the, the prostitute takes him to the hospital and you know they go through the whole thing and you notice 
when he's in the hospital setting, his skin is turned very white and it's very chalky and like almost seems like it's kind of coming off. Eric before he passes out. Oh my God. Eric has some of the, the he has treated me to some of the best moments in, in medical uh, procedures because he has this vasovagal response to getting IVs started on him. Yeah. He goes from a very a very nice, healthy, pink, rosy-cheeked hue to like zombie gray in the matter of like seconds. Wow. If we only could capture that on film. Next time you do it, I'll pull my cell phone out oh my first. God. Well, I mean, you've seen me get <laughs> IVs started a few times and you've only seen me do that once. And you've seen me do it at home when I... My, well, you were the, sick once and you yeah, did that. Yeah, yeah. it was... Uh, but yeah, it's... It's uh, uh, It's not good. It's it's scarier for you than it is for me. But unlike uh, unlike Barry in the movie, Eric has never just died. So that's no, good. No, I always pop up. No, my no, blood you, pressure comes back. Your yeah. blood pressure comes back, right, exactly. But Barry dies. They put the sheet over him and everything. And it's at that point that the wife shows up for some reason. I don't know, maybe they called her... Maybe she just assumed that, like, well, I haven't seen my husband all day, and he was running a super high fever, so he must be in a hospital somewhere. Yeah, it doesn't she matter. Shows, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She shows up. So the it's two. Not, it's not like you're going to start poking holes in the movie about, like, well, how did she know? That's yeah, this movie sucks. They didn't explain it. I know, no. right? No. So she shows up. He's dead. She sits down, and you know, she's having her moment with the with the body, and she's crying and carrying on, and of course. Uh, in very predictable fashion, I think, uh, he sits up with the sheet over him. Yeah, you, see, you could see that coming a mile. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You, wouldn't be, you wouldn't see them here in the hospital room with the sheet-covered body in a scene in the movie for that long if something wasn't going to happen exactly. with that body under the sheet. You wouldn't yeah. just see it sit there. It's yeah. not that kind of a movie. And I believe it is at this point that if if they hadn't been clued into it yet both of the women that have encountered him understand that he is not barry he's something else and yes. and he's, just like et fly just like et he needs to fucking phone home yeah and they so they they, they break ex- him out of the break house. him out of the house <laughs> right he's again he's in a wheelchair and they go running with him out the door well and, and this was I, I, this was probably the funniest moment for me because like one of the hospital staff He's very much alive at this point. And one of the hospital staff goes running after them. He's like, you can't do that. And in my head, I was like, he was just dead. What, like, what, like, what, what, do, you, he, what do you want to do? He, he's got to sign like a three-day petition yeah, like, for release or something. Yeah, he's like, going to call do, the cops. Or, yeah, you know, like, is it AMA? That he, I mean, he's dead. Like, Yeah, but I mean, maybe there was a thing out from the police. Day. Oh, who oh, knows? Maybe. It who doesn't knows? matter. It doesn't the matter. The ladies break him out. And they're going home with him, and then uh, then you see the spaceship. Yes, which and is the light come from the sky, and so very now, much, like, very very clear. It's very Starman, very Close Encounters of the Third yeah. Kind. The wife says a tearful goodbye. I'm going to miss you. you yes, the, the, you weren't very good to me, but I still love you. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we know you got to go, and and then he fucks off, and then he fucks off. But uh, you know, his son is in the car right there. So oh my god! And then the, they ladies ask each other if they want a beer, and they're like. Yeah, let's yeah. go get a beer. Yeah. And so they turn and then something off camera happens. A body falls out of the sky. Probably, but... I, yes, I think, what I think is that it is the discarded shell of Barry when that's, the alien goes back into the yeah, ship. That's what I would say too. I don't think Barry is alive anymore. I think no. Barry is dead 
I don't think Barry gets to come back into the into the film. Yeah, into Barry, the, was, into the story. Barry was half dead at the beginning of the movie. To Very be true. Fair. Very to true. Be fair. He was on a downward spiral with his heroin addiction, and it was only a matter of time before he was going to die. Yeah. And, you know, this alien thing gave... It, was there an element of Barry still in the body, or was it totally alien? I don't know. I, I don't really feel like there was a whole lot of humanity in the creature that was buried during the course of his adventures. No, I don't think I so. I think that, you know, whatever remained of Barry was removed in that uh, first abduction. Yeah. And uh, his body was just used as a vessel. And uh, that's the end of the movie. Yep. Um, it's just a lot of things happen in the movie. It's not a boring movie. No, I... I... It's not a boring movie. There's a lot of stuff going on there. And I do, you know, like I, I do give the guy credit. It looks really good. Like e- even though the subject of the film is a just very strange, freakish looking man, the, the movie is shot very well and looks really good. Do I like it? No, I don't. Would you rather watch this or Things? Things. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy that Things is now the benchmark by which we, we measure movies. Would you rather listen to the soundtrack from this or the soundtrack to Things? Well, I mean, Tailspin really is a classic song, oh, but I, I think hands down, Fried Berry has the better music. Yeah, I think so too. For listening to Cinema Super Collider. You can find us online at anchor.fm, but you can also subscribe to our podcast via any of the major podcast networks, including the Apple Store, Spotify, and others. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. Thanks, and we hope to see you again in the future. <laughs>